Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Today, I want to talk to you about common traits that we see here at Dietitian Boss among the most successful clients. So what I mean is what do you have to do or what's missing in your day-to-day on a regular basis to prevent you from getting to the next level, whether that's getting your first client, quitting your clinical job, or creating a six or seven-figure business, meaning making $100,000 a year or a million dollars. So I've created a list of five things I want to share with you today that I've gathered from looking and studying all the interviews that we release here on this podcast on a regular basis from our clients who are at different levels, whether they've gotten their first client, enrolled their first eight clients, uh, they're making $100,000 a year, or they're on their way towards making a million. The common traits that we see among your colleagues who you can study by listening to past interviews and watch our YouTube at Dietitian Boss and visually see their progress is that these clients, the most successful clients, number one, they do the work. And that's the biggest thing that I see. So I know you always hear me saying on social media that you have to get started, but to describe what getting started means to break that down That includes doing the work, showing up for yourself. So if you're in our program, that means you're showing up for group coaching calls. And if you're not in our program, that means you're showing up for yourself. You're prioritizing the business. You're putting in the work. So the the advice I'm going to give is is true whether you're in our program or not. So let's just, for purposes, uh, make a generalization that no matter if you're in a business program or you're functioning independently without any support, you have to, on a regular basis, prioritize your business and show up. And showing up consistently, hashtag show your face, is important. But that's not enough because showing up consistently without any strategy isn't going to help you create a repeatable system. It's a good start, but it's not going to help you sustain or achieve results. What is suggested is that you get started by showing up and showing your face. And then after you're able to write down and define and have it written out, who is the ideal client? What is the number one biggest problem that you're solving in your messaging? And how are you regularly showing that transformation on a consistent basis on social? Those are the important elements that need to be clarified and iterated on a regular basis. And part of that is going to be talking to people in your market, meaning if you are solving for diabetes and helping lower A1C and that's your business and that's what you do, you want to constantly be finding those people. So maybe you're already working with them. And if that's the case, you want to understand them and ask them probing questions to really get at what their concerns are and show that in your marketing. Now, if you're not already working with that type of person, which is totally okay, 
That's where you do the work by looking at Facebook groups, searching online, looking at hashtags on Instagram, hopping over on TikTok and finding what are the conversations that people are, are, are having who are trying to lower their A1C. And so the more that you do that specific work and honing in on the biggest problem that you're solving for and having regular conversations with people who meet the basic criteria of being identified as your ideal client, that work is going to help propel you from getting to that first step of showing up to taking that next step, which includes getting more clear, dialing in the messaging, deeply understanding the person that you're solving for. And that's going to help you stand out. It's going to help you get clients. It's going to help you get results. And then when you get those results, you can show those results in your marketing. You're going to have to do the work. Now, if you've already done that work and you're thinking, oh, I'm so beyond that, that's great. I will say that doing that market research of understanding your clients and their pains Meaning for, for this purposes, we're talking A1C and lowering it just for the sure example of today's conversation. That needs to be an ongoing process to some degree. And if you're not doing it and you have a team, somebody on your team needs to be regularly talking to people in your market and understanding their pains as they evolve with the season, with the economy, with things going on. It's really important that you're always understanding the sensitivity of your clients and their needs so that you can address that in your marketing and in your ability to serve them. So doing the work means more than just doing the market research, showing up with specificity and attracting clients. Doing the work also includes honing in on your mindset. So you are physically showing up for your clients and for your potential clients if you don't have clients yet, right, by being consistent and talking to people in your market on social what, what this also means is you have to be focusing on your mindset and shifting from that um, employee to entrepreneurial mindset. Now, it's really common that I see dietitians who, who are kind of, that they're struggling to make that transition. And they might take one step forward, two steps back, but then they take two steps forward again. And that's understandable because learning entrepreneurial skills is, it's, it's new and it is a skill and anybody can do it. And it, it takes work. What I mean by that is when you're your own boss and you become an entrepreneur, even if you're a part-time entrepreneur and you want to only ever do this on the side or you're starting small and you need to build your mindset to believe it's possible full time, the, the skills that come with being an entrepreneur include focusing on shifting to a positive mindset, setting boundaries, and really allowing yourself to fail. And in business, you might've heard this before, there's a term called failing forward. What that means is that you, you fail because it's part of being an entrepreneur, and then you stand up and you do it again. Most successful people, if you read their biographies, they fail a ton. Uh, one that stands out to me is Sarah Blakely. She's a billion, billionaire and philanthropist and creator of Spanx. And she talks about failing all the time. She actually first sold fax machines door to door and that helped give her the confidence to create a patent for her product, Sphinx, which now is, again, worth over a, a billion. And, and her story is really inspiring, and it's not that different from many other entrepreneurs. So what I want to encourage you to do, whether you're failing, air quotes, because you're not really failing, you're just experimenting, and that's part of being an entrepreneur, whether you fail at selling or enrolling a client, or you fail at defining your niche fast enough, or you fail at anything, it's just an opportunity for you to shift and redirect and keep going.
think it's important to develop that mindset by being around other people who understand that failure is part of the journey and for you to read books and consume content that's going to help you align your mindset and shift from being an employee, meaning being told what to do and expecting a paycheck to being an entrepreneur, which means that you're creating your own uh, pay and you're really creating your own schedule. So the skills that come with that are hugely embedded with mindset. So doing the work means you're showing up for your potential or current clients and you're showing up for yourself. And, and just as a recap of showing up for your clients or potential clients, if you don't have any yet, or again, you're still doing that regular market research, that means you're constantly talking to them and asking them, what are they struggling with? How can you help? And the more sensitive and aware you are of what they say and how specific you are in your marketing, it's going to help you attract more. So that's really important being on the pulse of what their needs are. And then you also have to be aware of what your own needs are when you want to take breaks and being aware that failure is part of an accepted part of the process towards growing into a higher version of yourself. And it's scary and it's uncomfortable and there's a lot of resistance that comes with it. There's a lot of stories about your background and your past and your childhood and trauma and all kinds of stories that we tell ourselves, right? You know, I've talked about imposter syndrome at length. And the best way to overcome those issues and setbacks is to make small progress on a regular basis. And that could be setting boundaries, like you stop working at a certain hour in the day. It could mean that you're scheduling more time for yourself, taking a longer walk in the morning. One of our clients talked about how she had to create another break in her schedule because even though she has, she created a large lunch break for herself, she was feeling a little bit exhausted from uh, sales calls that she was doing to enroll in her high ticket program, meaning her program that sells for thousands and thousands of dollars. And so she, after working through and coaching her, she had decided she would add in another block of time where she could just do a little bit of meditation and have some time to herself and making this shift and allowing another gap and white space in her schedule helped her align her mindset. So that's an example of how you're able to put yourself first. The second tip that I see from the most successful dietitians is, uh, I already went over it in length, but it's constant reframe of mindset. So I'm going to give you some examples. When you think a certain way and you tell yourself and you act a certain way, then you're welcoming those behaviors. When you tell yourself you can't do something, you won't. Or if you tell yourself you didn't make a sale because you're not good enough, then you're sending that negative energy out into the world. The most successful entrepreneurs and dietitians from our program are those who adopt a strong mindset. Any opportunity has the potential to be shifted. For example, is that you might have heard in therapy or psychologists have said glass half full or glass half empty. When you're able to see a situation as opportunity and as, as fruitful and, and learning, it's going to help you move forward. So if you don't figure out your niche and you're still on your journey, you're making an effort. So you want to look at the positive in every situation. If there was a client or a let's say a potential client that did not book a discovery call or they booked it, but they didn't show up or they showed up, but they didn't buy. Those are all parts of the journey. And so reframing from I'm so upset why isn't it happening to me? You have to reflect on your progress and say something like, wow, only a month ago, I had nobody book anything. And now I'm having people book and the process is still a work in progress and they are making moving forward and I'm getting momentum. 
So you see, we're shifting every possible scenario in your growth from negative to positive, and that's going to help you uh, learn how to really take in the day-to-day activities and reframe them and attract positive energy. And that can be applied for anything that can be applied for when you compare yourself to other people, because you only want to compare yourself to yourself, right? That hence see the last example, which was if you've got someone who booked a sales call, but didn't show up and then you think back at your history, maybe you never had anybody even consider booking a call in the last 30, 60 days. That's huge growth. You constantly want to be pointing out the growth and practicing gratitude. And one tactical tip of how to embed gratitude into your regular repertoire would be a journal in the morning when you wake up, an evening routine at night, uh, positive affirmations. I post those all the time on Instagram. I even do reels about positive affirmations. We talk about that in our program. It's super important. And, And you can customize the affirmation to what feels good for you based on your particular needs, right? I am worthy. I can make six figures. I can get my first client. I can continue enrolling clients, et cetera. So those affirmations and the constant things you tell yourself are very real. And that voice inside your head, uh, when you can shift it, it's going to help you go to the next level. And that's what our most successful clients do. The third thing we see, and then the most successful dietitians would be that they get support from like-minded colleagues. So it's really lonely at the top, and you've probably heard that before. It's a big cliche in entrepreneurship and especially in private practice. So according to CDR, only 3% of dietitians, according to the most recent stats that we have, operate, own their own business. Now, I have seen some other stats that can go as high as up to 10%, and that's based on the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics uh, Salary Compensation Guide, the most recent stats published from that publication. So again, we've got anywhere from three to 10% of all dietitians own and operate a private product, not even operate. They just own it. They might have it. I don't, that doesn't necessarily mean they're active. So it's a very small percentage of dietitians in total. And our business hopes to solve for that and create more private practice operators. That's what the core of our mission. And that being said, in order for you to see it's possible and understand what other people are doing and get a sense of not feeling alone and really help you strengthen your mindset so you can shift from something negative to fruitful, right? That would be having a regular practice to get support from like-minded colleagues. And you have to be really strategic. So ideally, these colleagues that you're surrounding yourself with are already either starting or operating a private practice, and they want to be a little bit within your level. So that could mean that they, uh, let's say if you're just starting, they're also starting, but they're also following the dietitian boss method, right? And so you you guys are both on the same path. Or if you want to network with other dietitians who have team members, right? And you're both identifying and following processes and working on management and leadership. So wherever you are on your path, you want to find some similar traits in your other entrepreneur colleagues, but keep in mind that there aren't that many of them given the statistics of dietetics in private practice. And that's the benefit of joining our program, whether you join our foundational program society, if you're just getting started to enroll clients and develop programming, or you've graduated to our executive level program where we focus on back-end operations and budget and team management, et cetera, um, no matter where you are on your path, right? The foundational or that higher level where you're trying to work less hours and, and get a team in order, 
it's really important to find people who are on that similar path because they're going to help you strengthen your mindset. They're going to help keep you accountable. They're going to help give you energy and inspiration. And there's so many referrals that go around because when you niche down and specialize and say, um, mental health or chronic disease management or any kind of aspect and you're around those dietitians and you learn that people in your community might want that you can help give business to someone else and you'll notice people give business to you and so that's really helpful not only for professional development but also for your your personal growth the fourth common trait or tip that i want to share is setting clear goals when you set clear quantifiable goals you have something to work towards and in our executive program we work with our clients to set quarterly goals and so every three months in the year we have a, a long special conversation that's earmarked as quarterly goal setting and we actually quantify what our clients are working towards and then on a regular basis between those quarterly goal setting calls our clients are making diligent efforts to work towards those goals and focus on what matters and learn those skills to achieve and it's we see so many breakthroughs we see our clients double tripling quadrupling beyond their their revenue and profits and it's really special to be a part of that experience and see the power and the magic in writing something down, making it quantifiable and focusing on said goal. For our clients in the foundational program, we have a roadmap I've created that shows you the, the progression levels as indicated by bronze, silver, and gold. So those goals are outlined for you because at the beginning, the goals are really just getting the system up and going, right? So, so getting the basics, it's a little more tactical, having those skills and the foundation to enroll clients. So once you're able to be consistent with that and strengthen your mindset, um, that's really going to help you be on, in good shape and a good condition to set customizable goals for a quarter. But if you're just starting and you haven't made consistent revenues and your mindset still isn't where it needs to be to shift to an entrepreneur versus employee, then you just want to stick with um, getting some basic, very, very basic benchmarks, meaning making a certain dollar amount or having consistency, right? That's really important. So once you're able to have consistent revenues, consistent profits and achieve that for let's say 90 days, then after that point, the customizable goals uh, make more sense after you're able to reach those benchmarks with consistency. The last and final trait that we see in the most common, uh, that we see in the most successful dietitians includes reflection on the drivers for their business. I almost feel like I should have put this up higher, right? Because I gave you a list of five and I'll repeat back that summary in just a moment. What I mean by number five of the reflection on the drivers is you know why you're doing this and you're very motivated because of you've reflected and you've thought about why you're doing this business. So for some of our clients, they're motivated to be providers for their family. For other clients, they're motivated because they want to feel valuable and they have a strong connection to their past eating disorder and they want to be able to represent and empower a younger generation or specific type of market or person um, for finding food freedom and overcoming their, their condition. So whatever your, your driver is in your background as to why you're doing this, thinking about it, writing it down, and then communicating that among your peers and colleagues and even to your clients are really helpful. Um, and there's a lot of different types of drivers. Some people want to do this for their family. And I talk about this all the time. And we've had so many of our clients 
um, on this podcast talk about what their drivers are, right? A couple of our clients send money back to their family in Venezuela. We have other clients, uh, Fatima's talked at length on at least five or seven podcasts. And one thing she's mentioned is being able to be a provider in her family and be able to pay for her kids to go to private school. And she feels really empowered to be able to make those decisions. Or other clients of ours really like to be able to have that freedom and flexibility to work 20 hours a week or less. And we have so many clients that have hit that benchmark because they've gone through our executive program and are able to implement the operational infrastructure needed to be able to step away and have a team in place, right? That could be a virtual assistant or two. Um, Somebody in the company could be a coach to help you with providing service. So when our clients are able to step back and work less because they have a team in place, it drives them um, because they're able to really live the life they want, whether it be with their children, traveling, or just themselves, uh, whatever they want to do with their time, they have that free. And I, I truly believe that time is the most valuable asset that we have. And that's why a big thing we sell in our executive program one of our promises is that it's actually not revenues or in profits, although that's part of it. It's really time. We give you your time back by helping you build that infrastructure through reviewing your budget. And we do that together on our operation calls, helping you identify what team members you need in place, hire them based on giving them a project and evaluating the process, managing them to ensure that you've made a good higher choice and you have a a process in place and a project management tool to make sure that you're giving them a great experience and that you're building a strong team. And so when we give you your time back, you can learn how powerful and impactful your message and your, your business has become to your clients and they, you can remove yourself from said business and live your best life. And that's a beautiful experience. And for those types of clients, and you hear them all the time, we interview executive level clients like Priscilla, like Britton, like Fatima on this podcast. So you you can listen to their stories and hear their mindset. And uh, Becca was recently interviewed, Megan from my bariatric dietitian. And these clients are in a place where they've already uh, achieved that foundational level, right? And they've set those basic benchmarks and now they're customizing their quarterly goals based on where they're at in their life so that they can achieve the next level of success. And they all have clear drivers in their business. So a recap of the most, the, the traits of the most successful dietitians that I've seen after working with so many of them in my business is number one, they do the work. Number two, reframe mindset. Number three, support from like-minded colleagues. Number four, set clear, tangible, quantifiable goals. And number five, reflect on the message uh, and the drivers of their business. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope this was something that you can reflect on and take some action. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might be a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method. Additionally, we offer a higher level program called Executive to help you hire and manage a staff as you expand and scale your program, whether you're offering a membership, course, group programming, private coaching, or a combination of various different offerings. We're here to help you on your journey with developing processes and implementing the operational foundation that you need 
to reach your goals. A lot of our clients want to work 20 hours or less a week. And we're so proud to say that we've helped them achieve that goal. And you'll hear their stories on this podcast. Make sure to stay tuned and apply if you're looking for support to get there faster and meet some colleagues along the way who share your same growth mindset.